Welcome to the newest Eden Center podcast, Building Ourselves Through Parsha. Our host, Karen Miller-Jackson, will use the Parsha to explore an aspect of social, emotional, or physical well-being relevant for 21st century life and its challenges. Karen is a certified Matan Moralalacha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kivun Lashirut, a guidance program for religious girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Consistent with the Eden Center's goal of enhancing women's spiritual life through Torah and Mikvah, Karen's insights, we hope, will serve as a springboard for self-introspection and discussion. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Eden Center podcast, Building Ourselves Through the Parsha. This week's Torah reading, Parsha Shmini, overlaps with a special time of year in the Jewish calendar, particularly here in Israel. This week, we commemorate Yom HaShoah, and next week, Yom HaZikaron. We'll remember the six million who were lost in the Shoah and those who fought for the state of Israel. Yet, we do not remain in our state of grief. We move toward Yom Ha'atzma'ut, from sadness to joy, over the incredible gift that is Medina Israel. This transformation reminds us that there is a time for grief and a time for joy. The juxtaposition of these two pushes us not to remain in grief permanently, but to preserve and celebrate Israel and Jewish life in memory of those that we've lost. The Parsha also contains a story of tragic loss. In Parsha Shmini, we begin with the pinnacle of holiness. The Shechina descends onto the sanctuary, onto the Mishkan. Yet during this incredibly holy moment, tragedy strikes. And Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu, they offer up a foreign fire to Hashem and are instantly killed. What must have been the happiest moment for Aaron becomes a moment of great loss. However, there's hardly time for him to mourn because of his unique role as Kohen Gadol. He takes a moment of silence, but then must carry on with his leadership role. In the Parsha, Aaron is pushed to move from loss to continued service and life. Built into Torah and Jewish tradition is the imperative not to remain in a state of grief, but to try to push forward and live a meaningful life. As Kohelet states, there is a time for weeping and a time for rejoicing. The story of Nadav and Avihu also imparts a lesson about boundaries of time and place through the unfortunate sin of Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu. The Torah states that Nadav and Avihu's sin was as follows. And they offered before God an alien fire, which God had not enjoined upon them. Here in Parshat Shmini, the emphasis is on the Esh Sarah, the strange fire. It seems they did not sacrifice in a way that was commanded. Yet, in Parshat Achrimot, which we will read in a few weeks' time, the sin of Nadav and Avihu is retold, and their sin is described somewhat differently. It states, When they drew close or drew too close to the presence of Hashem and were killed. Here, the emphasis is on them drawing too close, entering where they were not permitted. Perhaps because of this ambiguity, the sages of the Talmud and the Midrash sought further insight into their wrongdoing. They provide a long list of possible interpretations of what they did wrong. These range from possibly sacrificing a korban, which was not commanded, or that they Nadav and Avihu taught Torah in front of their teacher, Moshe, or that they entered the Mishkan naked, or that they performed their duties while drunk, or that they did not marry or have children all on purpose. The list goes on. What prompted these interpretations? 
The explanation, which fits well with the flow of the biblical text in Parshat Shemini, is that they were drunk when they entered the Mishkan. After all, right after this account of their sin, the Torah contains a command to Aaron that the Kohanim are prohibited from drinking alcohol. Rashi, for instance, sees this as a logical explanation for their punishment based on the order of the narrative. On a somewhat more positive note, some of the interpretations emphasize that Nadav and Avihu had good intentions. They didn't mean to sin. They wanted to draw closer to God. Even if this was the case and their motivation was good, their punishment pushes us to wonder what we can learn from their tragic story. A closer look at these interpretations shows that actually all of them share a common thread. Each suggestion in the Talmud and Midrash relates to the theme of boundaries and blurring of boundaries. Drinking in excess and entering the sanctuary drunk represents a lack of boundaries. Similarly, teaching Torah in front of Moshe, their teacher, shows a disrespect for boundaries between teacher and student. The idea that they entered naked at first seems to fit with this theme of disrespect here for a holy place. Yet, it could also relate to a desire to rise above the physical and material world. Along the same lines, not marrying and not having children all on purpose is a rejection of the physical world, a form of asceticism. It is rejecting man's purpose on this earth, even if that person is a Kohen. The sons of Aaron, according to this idea, were trying to disconnect completely from the physical world and be 100% holy and spiritual all of the time. But this is not the way of Torah and Judaism. This idea fits nicely with the commands which follow this narrative. The command to Aaron regarding priestly behavior, in addition to the prohibition against drinking wine, states, For you, the Kohanim must distinguish between the sacred and the profane and between the impure and pure. This is also the interpretation given by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the sin of Nadav and Avihu. He, at Parshat Ahremot, comments that when, they, when it describes them as drawing too close to God, the Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches that their role was to connect to God spiritually and to come close to God on behalf of Ben Israel, and then to return to the material, physical reality of the world to spread the holiness amongst the people and the world. However, Nadav and Avihu were at fault for having only the attribute of running to the spiritual. They forgot to return to come back to the people and the earthly world. It is important to, to acknowledge that one cannot be pure and holy all of the time. Sefer Vayikra emphasizes again and again that there is a time for closeness and a time for distance, a time for spirituality, but also a time for embracing the material world and bringing spirituality to the world around us, a time for grieving and a time to recover and to move towards Simcha. This is the takeaway from Parshat Shmini and from the emotional transformation of the Jewish people as we move from Yom HaShoah and Yom HaZikaron to Yom HaTzma'ut. Shabbat Shalom. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode 
is recorded by Karen Miller-Jackson, edited by Mecca Shore, and is a product of the Edmund Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe. We welcome your feedback by email at podcasts at theedencensor.com.